the first eight guys maybe should be blue plate specials, but those back five guys, they should be more like tin hats, more guys that are grunt players, garbage players that dive for the ball. You are listening to the Scrambled Eggs Podcast on CrackedSidewalks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Scrambled Eggs, your unofficial Marquette basketball podcast here on CrackedSidewalks.com. Joe McCann, Phil Bush here with you, maybe a day later than you're used to, but we are here to do as we always do during the season, talk about the week that was, react to it, and look ahead. So we're going to talk about the two opening week games, the wins over Northern Illinois and Ryder. We're going to look ahead to the game against the Illinois Fighting Illini. We're, of course, going to talk about Tyler Kolick's injury, uh, what little we know about it at this point as we go into the Illinois game. But, Phil, let's start with the good. Let's start the the week that was. I know it was electric at Fiserv Forum. Let's start there because, obviously, we expected Marquette to win both of those games, and Marquette did quite handily. Uh, just tell me about the vibe. The what's the, what was the feel like in Pfizer form for the uh, opening week of games? Yeah, I, I got to say, I mean, I expected there to be juice in the building for the Monday game. Obviously, they were doing a uh, a banner unveiling for the the Big East regular season and, and tournament championship. Um, so you expected a lot of a lot of fans there, but quite frankly, both games, you know, Friday was not quite as well attended as the Monday game. But, but the crowd was, was amped and excited to go. This is probably the most engaged I, uh, I felt a crowd, you know, in this early of the season, like in a decade. I, I, it was, you know, we didn't get a lot of We Are Marquette chants breaking out like you, you might be in a, in a big game. But there was definitely, you know, as, as Cam, Cam Jones went on a heater in the Ryder game early on, there was there was some hooting and a hollering, so I, I I gotta say I think the uh, the fan base is is pretty excited. Yeah, there's definitely a buzz. There's absolutely, but I think I, the few like posts and pictures I saw from the arena those first weeks was just really pointing out how packed the student section was for a bye game. Yeah, the student section's always going to pack it in for Creighton or UConn or Villanova or when Wisconsin comes there or whatever. Uh, they're going to be out in full force. But the, the student section was in mid-season form for Ryder and Northern Illinois, and I thought that spoke volumes. Yeah, absolutely. And and it wasn't, you know, now I have to admit, uh, I, I brought, they were 7.30 starts, and I brought um the the boy and girl child to the games into both games so uh we we barely made it to the under 12 timeout of the second half so i didn't stay all the way through the game <laughs> but you know i pretty think, good for them though pretty good yeah, pretty good bad, especially for bad. the little one yeah not nine o'clock for a four-year-old i mean it was a terrible idea but you know we we still had fun um father of the year but we definitely were were the early ones leaving so uh you know, there there was an engaged fan base, and and the team I think responded to that energy overall. Overall, um, you know, I, I think they could it could have been easy to lapse a little bit, and you know, and some of those EGBs might might not have been there had the crowd not provided it. So, um, yeah, I, I, all in all, I, I got to say for the the first week, I, I came away pretty impressed with the with the fans and and generally. You know, generally speaking, pretty pretty pleased with where the team's out for the first couple of games of the season. 
And so Marquette defeated Northern Illinois 92-70, to then Ryder 95-65. to uh, Again, both pretty convincing, about what we expected from both of those games as far as the final score, Phil. But any performances from individual team members jump out at you? I mean, certainly Cam Jones, when you look at the stats, he jumps out uh, averaging 21.5 points per game uh, through two games, shooting it very well, 8 of 16 from three so far. Uh, I, I thought everybody, you know, almost everybody had, something you would hang your hat on and say, hey, well, that looked good, that looked good. Uh, anything particular jump out to you through two games? Uh, I will say the, the two the two players that jumped out, one was expected, and I think one, to be fair, was, you know, we, we did not mention them, but, you know, Chase Russ just was, was continuing, you know, it, it's almost as if these two games were a direct continuation of his growth um, throughout the season last year because he had – Plays on both ends of the court, you know, had a uh, just a ridiculous block on a three-point attempt in the Ryder game, you know, some scoops and dunks and stuff like that. So Chase Ross, a bit expected, but again, it was great to see him continuing that growth. But the one that I think surprised me was, was Sean Jones, uh, who, and we'll probably get to it, he's going to be more important depending on what's going on with Tyler Kolick's ankle, but... I, Sean was just ridiculous. Maybe, maybe now that he's back to 100% healthy, he did have the the wrist injury last year, but he was a pest defensively, and like he put about three or four different players into spin cycles uh, in, in both of those games, and I thought he really, um, you know, really had the energy and the and and just the the absolute speed to to torch some players. And I think Sean's going to maybe get a few more minutes than I would have anticipated. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we can go to next. Not that we're necessarily done talking about those first two games, but I think it boils into the kind of the next topic that everyone's kind of concerned about and wondering about as we head into this Illinois game. As you know, as we're recording this on Monday evening, we haven't seen an official update for Tyler Kolick, uh, but obviously that was the one bad news from the first two games is Tyler did turn an ankle, uh, all, I mean, from all indications are it's not a serious injury as far as long term, but it may be bad enough that maybe he play doesn't play this week. Maybe he plays limited minutes. Um, let's start there, Phil. I, 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 you know, going off what you were saying about Sean, obviously we want Tyler Kolick out there, but a lot of minutes for Sean Jones may not be a terrible thing the way he's looked through the first two games. And I, I think Marquette has the depth to make up for the loss of Tyler for maybe a, a short for the short term. Obviously he's your preseason all American. You are right. going to miss him if he's not out there. So I'm not downplaying that, but what I'm saying is Marquette is not hopeless without Tyler Kolick because I think there are guys led by Sean who are ready to step in and fill in those minutes. And uh, what is your take on it? If Marquette is without Tyler Kolick for this week, or maybe a little more than that? Well, I, I was going to say that I think guard generally is probably where Marquette could absorb an injury um, the most, right? Certainly more than the, than the, the forward or center spots. Um, and I think, you know, there's some combination of Steve Ra Stevie Mitchell, Sean Jones, Cam Jones that, that can kind of, and, and maybe even Trey Norman, right. That can, can trigger the offense. Cause we, we kind of run a, a not, you know, we don't necessarily have a true point guard that brings the ball up and, and triggers the offense every time, right. The, the, 
you know, that's more of the flow of the game, and that's where where Tyler does some of his creation. So I I think it sucks to you know if we have a All American injured um, and and can't go in the game against Illinois or or any of the other games. But again, I think it's probably an absorbable injury, and I I would say at this point in the season, and they you know. The team knows, you know, Tyler's injury better, better than we do, certainly. But, you know, I'd certainly be willing to say, hey, can we get Tyler for all of Maui and rest him against Illinois? Right. Or something like that. I would I would be a little cautious with it um, that that maybe are a little more cautious with it than I would, you know, if it were late in the season or something like that. Yeah, I think if we were heading into the NCAA tournament, Tyler would be a 100 percent go. Uh, I, that's just kind of my guess on it. But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Knowing that starting in six days, Marquette is going to have three games in three days right. in Hawaii, right? And you know, even for two healthy ankles, you're going to be feeling that after three days. It's it's going to be tiring. So if if his, you know you wake up on Tuesday and that ankle is swollen, it's painful, Maybe you sit him out of Illinois entirely, or maybe it's just limited minutes, and and Sean Jones is going to play a lion's share of the minutes. And I think another thing you kind of touched on there, Phil, is Marquette is not lacking for ball handlers, right? It's not right. like there's only two guys on this team who can handle the ball, and if one of them goes down, you're really in a world of hurt. Marquette, I think, you kind of hit it, probably four guys that that could handle the ball. I, I, Sean Jones certainly. Uh, Stevie Mitchell, definitely. Cam Jones, I think, has been pretty good with the ball. Uh, he he's, hasn't turned it over hardly at all this year. He's been really good in that regard. Just two games against by opponents, but you get my point. And maybe we don't know yet about Trey Norman because he hasn't played a lot of mil- minutes, but I think there is an indication that he can be a lead guard as well. So I think you kind of hit it there, Phil. It, again, you want your All-American out there, but there's enough depth there that Marquette will have ball handlers out there no matter what the foul situation is. And this team can still win this game against Illinois, even if Tyler plays limit to no minutes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gone are the days of James Matthews as point forward, right? I mean, we're, we're, you know, we've got that the offense is predicated on multiple folks handling the ball. Um, You know, so again, it's not an outcome that we want. Tyler gives you, you know, a better chance to win um, than without him, right? Like I, I would say, you know, if we had Tyler, maybe it's an 80-20 proposition, my opinion. It's an 80-20 proposition for, um, you know, winning against Illinois without Tyler. Maybe that's 60-40, maybe that's, you know, 70-30, something like that. But, you know, not having him hurts. But but I think we can still do all the things we do and want to do um, with, without without having to worry about it. Just to be clear, you said, you think uh, with Tyler it's an 80% chance Marquette wins? Is that what you're saying? That's 100% what I'm saying. To mix my okay, well, that's optimistic. I mean, Ken Palm disagrees with you. For the record, Ken Palm has this as an Illinois win by one point. That is taking into account Tyler Kolick playing. Yeah. So Ken Palm is much more uh, a bullish on Illinois than you are, or maybe. It well, Ken Palm can go. Out. You know, can go sit and rotate for now. But um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so I watched some of the Illinois game when they when they uh, um, when they played Oakland. They didn't look great. Um, and I don't know yeah, that Illinois. Not. 
And I don't know that Illinois has a true point guard. Like, I think Marquette's defense that, deflections can turn them over. That That is the, the glaring thing with Illinois when you're talking about this matchup is do they have uh, – you know how are they going to be taking care of the ball against Marquette's pressure? Uh, Marcus Damask is a transfer from Southern Illinois. The thing about or thing about Illinois is they have a lot of experience. I think they have four guys who are fifth year guys mm-hmm. um, play on this team, and then uh, Coleman Hawkins is a senior himself. So you know Terrence Shannon's fifth year, Damask is uh, fifth year, Quincy Garrier's fifth year, and then uh, they really like this uh, freshman, Dra Gibbs uh, Lawhorn who's looked pretty good in their first couple games. But, yeah, their win against Oakland was a slower-paced game, so, you know, they won that by 11. But, yeah, they kind of pulled that pulled away late. But, yeah, Illinois didn't dominate Oakland, but they did win. And then they dominated Eastern Illinois in their opener, who's, according to Ken Palm, one of the worst teams in the country. They're way down there at 342 in Ken Palm. But, yeah, the, it will be a contrast. Illinois is going to want to probably win this game probably in the 60s, I would think. Um, the the way they play and, and they don't want Marquette turning up the pressure and running up and down the floor. I, I think if this game gets in the 80s, it's it's going to be in Marquette's favor. But yeah, is th- that kind of where you w- want to start with Illinois? Phil is uh, Marquette's defensive pressure is probably going to be critical. Even though you know, again, it's hard to read these Ken Palm numbers early on as far as where teams rank because given the competition. But for what it's worth, Marquette's offense ranks sixth in the country. Their defense ranks 31st, using Ken Palm numbers here. And then Illinois' offense ranks 38th, so a little lower, but still top 40. And defense ranks 16th, so a little higher than Marquette. They're in the top 20 overall. Yeah, I, I would I would start with the defensive side. And one of the, you know, one of the things is that the early Ken Palm numbers are real tough because there's a lot of last season baked into them. Right. So, yeah, um, you know, which to certain extent is, you know, a positive for Marquette. Right. Like Marquette had a really good year last year. So having those numbers baked in, you know, certainly helps. But I think Illinois numbers are are, you know, again, just having watched them, um, they are a slow, slow pace. They're very deliberate. Um, They don't have a lot of ball handlers. So I, I do think. Marquette may put up the pressure now, and and this may be another reason that Tyler Kolick doesn't play. Is I think Marquette, you know, may want to play three quarter court press, or you know, or 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 some varying stretch defenses that I don't know that you want Tyler Kolick on a bum wheel out there, really, you know, really challenging that ankle early. So, um, you know, I think I think if if we can speed Illinois up. They'll either turn the ball over or they'll get unsteady, um, and and I think that's where where Marquette can kind of really take advantage. Um, plus, I think you know Illinois' defenses or defensive stats so far at least at least feel a, pr- a product of playing some even more garbage team than Marquette has. Yeah, yeah. Just look, again to touch on that, back it up by. Ken Palm numbers, Marquette's uh, opponents, Northern Illinois, 215, Ryder, 237. So 215 and 237, Illinois, 342 and 230. So uh, Northern Illinois rated a little bit higher than Oakland, but it's that Eastern Illinois team that's way down there. Uh, That's who Illinois blew out in their first game, 80 to 52. 
So, yes, again, a two-game schedule to judge. So right. we're not judging off a lot <laughs> Almost here. the literal but, definition of small sample size. Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. Uh, but, again, just spitting the facts here. Who's played the tougher two games? Marquette by just a tiny bit. Okay? Just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the name that jumps out to me is, is of course, going to be Terrence Shannon, who's going to be their best player. He's, again, he's a fifth-year guy. He's going to be their 6'6 wingman. Uh, whoever's going to be pl- guarding him is going to have their hands full, whether it's Stevie Mitchell. But again, if if Tyler Kolick is out, I'd be curious to see what kind of lineups they're running out there. Does that mean maybe more uh, I mean, does Stevie Mitchell handle the ball more? Do we see a lot more Chase Ross? I mean, that's certainly a good thing, right? Right. As much as you miss Tyler, more minutes for Chase Ross, especially what he has shown defensively through really last year and then two games this year, uh, I think he would be up for the challenge of guarding Terrence Shannon if that's going to be his assignment. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, that's that's going to be the interesting gamesmanship, right? Because, you know, Stevie's a gr- great defender. I would say probably at this point we, we think he he's the best on-ball defender, you know, on Marquette's team at this point, right? Yes, maybe in the Big East. Yeah, could be in the Big East. But I think with, with Terrence's size, I think – I think a better matchup is Chase Ross. So maybe Chase was going to get more minutes anyway, and you don't lose anything on the other on the other end of the court, right? Like sometimes when you bring in that 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 greedy defensive player like Chase is, you lose something on the other end. But you know Chase is is fully capable on the offensive end, which would force Illinois to guard as well, right? There's no easy days. So I I think they're. It's interesting because Illinois is gonna has very tall lineup, right? Like their starters go six 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 eight six ten. So so that's some some long guards, um, you know, which may mean you know Sean Jones may have a little difficulty guarding some folks, um, but we'll we'll see. I, I you know again I, I I don't think there is great handling the ball. They they pay it, play at a deliberate pace. So it'll be interesting to see how Shaka chooses to mix and match the lineups. Does he use pressure lineups? Does he try and really speed them up? Because I, I could see a three-guard set of Stevie, Chase, and <clears throat> and Sean Jones that could really do a number on the Illinois backcourt. I think that kind of touches on a larger topic, uh, Phil, that Marquette's lineup diversity that it has, we kind of speculated at about that last week going into it, but it, it definitely proved true in the first two games is Marquette has a lot of different lineups it can throw out there, whether they want to go big, they want to go small, they want to play fast, they want to play slow, uh, whether they need, the, they need outside shooting, whether they want to try to get to the glass a little bit more. Uh, they have... Shaka did try a lot of different things. Now, how I'll be curious how often he plays maybe things that were maybe more experiments. For example, say Ben Gold and Oso together. Mm-hmm. We saw that uh, maybe more than I thought we would in the first couple games, but will that be a thing we see more and more of? Or will they be more like Oso's on the bench, Oso's in, Gold's on the bench, Gold's in, Oso's on the bench, something like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, at one point, they there was a couple of different times where they played David Joplin five, at the five, right? Like, um, not something we, we saw it in Madison Square Gardens last year, but you know it's not something we want to see a lot of. But yeah, the the lineups are diverse. I don't think there's any situation where Ben Gold and and 
Oso Iguodaro play together against Illinois. I, you know, unless we've just got a lot of guard foul trouble or something like that. Um, I just, I don't see that being the case. You've got to, you know, Illinois is going to present some problems that, you know, we got to protect against our fives getting into foul trouble. Um, so you, you got to be able to play, you know, Ben in place of Oso if Oso gets into foul trouble. Um, you know, and Ben also re- represents a you know, a stretch five potential, um, that would be an interesting lineup change when Illinois goes to, to younger players. So, um, I don't know what, how do, how do you see it? Do you see a Ben, Ben Oso lineup in this Illinois game? Cause, cause I don't. Maybe a little bit, but not as much. I, th- I think it was a cool experiment though, to try and see how it would work in, in game action at serve against uh, the bye opponents. But I, I would guess no. I wouldn't say never, though. I, I bet we do see it, especially maybe if you, you find yourself in a good foul situation early on. You know, But, you know, if Oso gets two quick ones, well, that changes the math really right, quickly. Right, right. Um, but uh, it, it, I think in a vacuum, I think Shaka likes it uh, a little bit. Uh, I think he likes uh, Gold being able to step out there and shoot threes as a stretch four. Um, and, you know, that would maybe be a tougher matchup for a lot of teams uh, and Illinois would be included in that. But yeah, I, I but I do lean kind of with what you're saying, Phil, I, if I had to guess, it, I think it would be a lot more of just Ben being the sub for Oso and then kind of splitting the minutes at the five and Marquette running their guards out there uh, more often than not. And, you know, obviously Joplin play the lion's share of the minutes at the four and then, three guards around him, whoever it is, uh, whether we see Tyler or not, just all the usual suspects. Of course, Camp, who's been red hot, Stevie, Sean Jones, of course, who I think is going to play a lot uh, in this Illinois game. So that that's kind of what I'm expecting. Right. Yep, I, I agree. I, I, I think I think we're going to see, de- barring foul trouble, I think it's, it's a given that we're going to see 30-plus minutes from Cam and Oso, and probably Stevie, and then you know there's going to be some combinations of of players around built around those three, right? Because again, I don't think we have no inside knowledge, right? But I, I don't think Tyler Kolick plays. So, so I would you don't think he, go ahead. Sorry, you don't think he plays at all? No, I don't think he plays at all. Okay, yeah, it's it's tough to judge because again, all we are going off is what we saw just on TV and yeah he turned an ankle like we've seen a thousand basketball players turn an ankle thousands of times right it's I know it hurts it probably hurts like hell uh, all weekend probably swollen up probably had it in a boot probably had it on ice what, what do they say the you know a physical therapist yourself it's rice right it's yes rest, rice. Ice. yeah rest ice uh, com- compression uh, elevation elevation yep yeah so he's probably been doing that all week um, who knows I don't know how painful or how swollen that that ankle is really only Tyler knows that but you know Tyler is begging to play right just knowing you know college basketball players in general but especially that one uh you know even if he's in searing pain he's gonna be like coach let me play I want to play right 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 but you know that's where the coach has to protect the player from himself and you know if the doctors say look he's in a lot of pain and he's gonna really swell this thing up if uh, he might not be able to run, so that's where the coach is going to say, "Well, you know what? Uh, we want you out there, Tyler, but we got three games in three days starting next week. Um, maybe we we try to win this one without you." And they they may try uh, um, just making it a maybe, even at t- 
tip time and just say, look, we're going to start Sean, but if this isn't going well, maybe we roll Tyler out there. But it, I think obviously you would love to know if you can win this game without Tyler off the jump, right? If you can get a crystal ball and someone says, right. like, you're going to win this game by 10 relatively easily. Uh, you don't even need Tyler. Then you say, all right, Tyler, street close, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but there's no way of knowing that because the thing is, yeah, I th- – Again, Ken Palm has this as a is Illinois as the favorite. You know, I, I could see you know you could see several reasons why this one does not go Marquette's way. Of course, number one, Tyler being out. Number two, it's uh, a road game in November. A nice little nugget from uh, Alan Bukowski on Crack Sidewalks. Phil, do you know the last time Marquette won a road game in November? So again, true road game, which I I think is a redundant thing. It's either a road game or a neutral site, but an actual road game in November. Do you know how long it's been? Oh boy, I didn't. I didn't look at at Ellen's Twitter today, and that's costing me. I don't know. Is it going to be uh, well, it, it, Arizona? Actually, it wasn't Arizona on Twitter. State? It was on his uh, Illinois write-up on CrackSidewalks.com. He posted kind of oh, hidden in there. It's. I probably I'll read give it. you a hint. I forgot it. I'll give you a hint. Uh, the win was over a team that is now in our conference, so they weren't in our conference when this happened. Oh, so UConn back in like ninety eight. Now, we're going all the way back to 2003 when Marquette defeated St. John's, who were not in the same conference at that time. Marquette was a Conference USA team. Johnny's were a Big East team, of course. But it's been 20 years since wow. Marquette won a road game. Now, to be fair, Marquette does not play a lot of road games in November. There's only 0-7 in that time. So they've only played seven November road games in 20 years. Because most of Marquette's, when you think about it, most of Marquette's November games are either by games at home or... Uh, an MTE of some sort, which is all neutral site, right? And right. usually the first, usually the first road game of the year is probably Wisconsin um, or a Gavit game. Uh, but yeah, Marquette uh, again, not many opportunities. So again, it's less than once every other year. So only seven times. But yeah, they haven't won one in twenty years. So this would be different historically for Marquette to win a November road game. Well, it's always well. tough winning on the road, and no, Illinois is a legitimate top twenty-five team. So. Uh, it gives me, a, and plus it's a, a, a classic look-ahead spot too, right? Even you know, even we talked about maybe saving Tyler's ankle for Maui. You, look, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm thinking about Hawaii. I've been thinking about it for a month. Those players have to be thinking about it. They got to be really excited for Hawaii. I mean, how can you say all the right things in press conferences and practice? You know, you know, when people ask you about, oh yeah, we're just focused on. Illinois, we're focused on Illinois, we're focused on the next one. Well, of course you are. That's what you say. But, dude, you know in the back of your mind you're about to get on a plane and go to Hawaii. It's right. tough to focus. Right. So it, it is a bit of a look-ahead spot against a good team on the road. Marquez hasn't won a road November game in 20 years. That said, I'm still kind of optimistic. I st- I've still got good vibes. But I'm, all I'm saying is there are reasons why this could not go Marquette's way. I think that's fair. I, I one, one bit of a joke, that 0-7 in November on the road, like at least half of those are losses at Purdue, right? I mean, we, we, we played <laughs> yeah, Purdue yeah. like 67 times in the last two decades. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the uh, full game-by-game of what all the losses are. But, yeah, I, I think seriously, I think at least four of those are probably Purdue losses. They, they have to be, right? Like, we've played them just all the time, which, like, that's the only that's the only positive of the, the Gava games, you know, seemingly going away. You know, the, the Big East uh, um, uh, Big Ten challenge um, is that we won't have to play Purdue in the non-conference, you know, foreseeable, for the foreseeable future, right? 
Um, but yeah, to, to your larger point of, hey, could this game go wrong for Marquette? Absolutely, 100%. Even with a healthy Tyler Kolick, there could be a version of this game where Marquette's unsuccessful, right? Road game, you know, first challenge, look ahead game, all of that stuff. 100% agree. I think there there is a you know, a, uh, an MCU timeline that, that Loki doesn't fix um, to, to get Marquette the win. Great dig there. Yep. Great you're, reference there. You're, you're, you're welcome. Spoiler alert. Um, but anywho, um, I just, I think Marquette has enough weapons, enough flexibility, enough adaptability. And, and this is going to be, you know, if this swagger we've been seeing all see all off season is going to mean something and carry over, this is the game that swagger matters, right? Like, Yes, Illinois is an opponent to take seriously. They're a top 25 team. The game is on the road. But if you think you have national championship aspirations and you've got this swagger, this is a team you should be able to beat. I, I, I would agree with that. And I, I that's why I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good about, even without um, Tyler, if that's the way it goes. I, I still think there's enough. I, think, I still think they have the horses to do it. Um, and, and but I think for all the reasons you said, are, are you one of the big boys or not? And I, I think you go on the road and win this game if you do want to be considered a legitimate top five team in the country. Right, right. I mean, and, and again, all respect to Illinois. It's not like this is Kansas or you know one of the you know or any one of the top ten teams, right? Like we're a UConn or or whatever. There, there. It's not any of the 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 top ten teams in the country who you're going to absolutely need your All-American to be able to beat, right? Um, this is this is a an Illinois team that is, you know, probably fine. Um, but, you know, Marquette should be able to go in there, um, play its style of basketball. The offense has been outstanding, right? Like, I know it's, I know it's by games. I know it's Northern Illinois and Ryder. Um, which, by the way, people had to look up. Ryder is in Massachusetts, I believe. Um, but uh, the offense has looked just outstanding. I mean, you scored 95 and 92 points, and they had, you know, kind of the backups in, what, with five minutes to go in the game, in both games? So the, the offense has looked fine. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the defense is is up to the task against Illinois, especially if we get sucked into a game at their pace, right, where possessions matter. Um, then then you're really going to have to guard your butt off, and that'll be that'll be it, it'll be a telling telling uh, kind of challenge for for Marquette if if Marquette can you know really value each possession defensively and and limit Illinois' opportunities, then you know. I think this this team is like legit, legit. By the way, while you were talking, I did a very quick scan through Ken Palm to see what those seven road games are. Uh -huh. um, I while it does feel we've lost Purdue a lot, it really is only twice, and one of them was at home. Um, so here are the seven losses since two thousand three for Marquette on the road in November: Nebraska, Florida, Arizona State, Ohio State, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Purdue. Hmm. So, th so four Big Ten games, uh, three of them would have been Gavit games. Actually, probably only two of them. I don't think uh, it was Gavit games in 2015. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. So four to Big Ten teams, Ohio State, Indiana, Wisconsin, Purdue, and then 
there was a Nebraska game, a Florida game, and an Arizona State game. So those are your seven road losses in the last 20 years in November. Yeah. There so you go. Yeah. And that, that Ohio State game was the, the first in the Wojo era, right? That was the, that was the it, game at Ohio was, State that, that we – that we didn't play the year before because of the the uh, the dew on the deck of the aircraft carrier, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ship happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was like I forget oh. who said that, but it was like a hilarious tweet that night. I forget who said. Uh, oh, it was Sarah Barshop. Barshop. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She said ship happens. Uh, she's a writer for ESPN now, but yeah hilarious uh so yeah back on task so hopefully we're kicking this one and i'm kind of with you phil uh when it comes to prediction time yeah there are plenty of reasons i understand why ken palm and probably most pundits who are picking the game would say yeah i think illinois gets this one at home i think marquette still wins it um because I'm excited for, even if we get no Tyler Kolick, uh, I'm excited for extended minutes for Sean Jones and Chase Ross. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a little more Trey Norman. And I think I think Marquette's pressure and Illinois, uh, Illinois propensity to turn the ball over, um, it's, they haven't done too much, but again, by opponents. Uh, I, I think Marquette can turn them over quite a bit um, in this game. So that's what I am anticipating and hoping for. So... Yeah, I think Marquette's going to grind out a tough win, and I think it would give them some nice momentum heading into Hawaii next week. Where uh, who knows? Well, it, it, as it stands right now, at the latest AP poll, uh, it would be three of the top four teams in the country. Because yeah. Marquette is <laughs> four, uh, Kansas is one, and Purdue is two. Huh. Boy, boy, I again, I don't want to play Purdue again, but if we must, we must. We just need to win that game. That's all. Yeah, if if it's for a Maui championship, bring it on. Yeah, that's Bring fine. It on. Yes, but uh, no, I, I agree. I, and I mean, I don't think I don't think Marquette's going to blow Illinois out or anything like that. No, I, I no. think I think this is you know maybe a five seven point differential when the game's all said and done, something like that. Um, you know, but I, I'm expecting a good solid showing from Marquette, and and we'll see where it goes. I'm predicting closer than you. I'm going to say it's a heart-stopping two or three-point win. Oh, you're you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Well, come on. We, we can't get too cocky. This That's true. Season. But That's it's okay true. to be optimistic. Ah, and fair. And I am fair. Fair. I don't. I don't know that my heart's ready for the for the for the for the drama just yet. Yeah, I'm not sure mine is either. Uh, but we got to get through it. So, uh, anything else that you want to touch on? I know this has been a relatively short pod because we. Didn't really break down too much of the uh, buy games. There's not a whole lot to break down when you're blowing out teams you're supposed to blow out. Which, by the way, that was refreshing. <laughs> two no-doubters to start <laughs> yeah. the season. Uh, yeah. We haven't always gotten that. But uh, two games with pretty much no drama as far as whether or not uh, Marquette was going to win or lose. It was like, this is a no-doubt win from the open, from the jump. So that was refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, good good teams win, great teams cover. And, uh, and Marquette, did- I think, went 1-1 uh, one and one against the spread. I, I think they actually were two points short of covering Northern Illinois, but they did cover against Ryder. Oh, I, or maybe maybe the line was different. I was I think I'm remembering Ken Palm because I, I think they they beat the Ken Palm projection in both games. But okay, that may be accurate. But yeah, I think uh, I think I remember seeing the Vegas line was like 25 against Northern Illinois and they won by 22, so that was a tight one. And then, uh, but yeah, they I think they did cover by like three or four points against Ryder. Right. Well, all right, I take it back. But still, solid wins. It's good. It's good. Uh, good change of pace, and let's 
let's see if they can kind of continue the uh, the good vibes coming into to Tuesday. Because really, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of buildup. Losing to Illinois is not, you know, it's not the worst thing. The sky's not falling. You know, all of that, especially if Tyler doesn't play, you know, all of that stuff. It's it's not a disaster if you lose to Illinois. But it it kind of it kind of takes the good vibes down a little bit leading into Maui. So I really just I want to feel really good going into Maui. So that's that's what I'm really really hoping for. By the way, for what it's worth, the Vegas line is reflect is uh, kind of in lockstep with Ken Palm. They have Illinois as a one and a half point favorite on Tuesday. Mm, sounds like some money to be made. Yeah, a little Marquette money line mm. might be a little fun to do. Mm. I, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, gambling is terrible, and no one should ever do it. But I wouldn't hate a Marquette money line bet. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, gambling is illegal in Wisconsin, sir, and at uh, Bushwood. So, um, oh. yeah, double it. <laughs> you can't even go. You can't even go to the casino and place a sports bet in Wisconsin. You can now. Actually, I take that back. Yeah, you can go to Potawatomi. Okay. They have a sports book now, but you can't do any online uh, gambling because who goes anywhere in person anymore? Yeah, we we have absolutely nothing like that in Texas. No in person, no online. Well, God. that's another rant for another it's, day. It's 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 a sin, um, Joe. It's a sin. Yeah, it's just it's just so terrible and addicting, and no one should ever do it. They're saving us from ourselves, I guess. Oh, uh, right. there's, there, there's a reason the biggest a little whorehouse in Texas was set in Texas. <laughs> Uh, should we put a bow on this one on that note? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's the clincher. We're good. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's a walk off for me. All right. Uh, as always, uh, hit us up with your thoughts. We're on Twitter slash X. I'm Joe McCann three. Phil is M O O O F twenty three. At Crack Sidewalks is the team handle. You can go to CrackSidewalks.com. We post the podcast there. Always remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and the Facebook page may or may not still be there. I don't know. <laughs> you all use Facebook. I find the fewer fewer people use it, but yeah, whatever. We we handle the important one. Twitter right, X, if, as long as it's dev- if if yeah. you are on Facebook and you see the Scrambled Days page, can you find a way to communicate to us and let us know it exists? That would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give us a you know a like or you know do the thing where the you got the extra emotion heart or wow face thing you know do that but yeah important things twitter x for feedback and then a rate review and subscribe and you can leave comments on the dot com phil uh oh, by the way folks uh, you know we got this podcast to you a little later than usual we will probably get a reaction pod maybe a little earlier than usual because we got a little uh thanksgiving holiday and yes i am going to be enjoying the maui invitational in person so i'm excited about that but so we'll probably get a maui preview to you out a little early uh but tbd on that but just for your scheduling purposes, be on the lookout for those. Phil, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Yeah, you. Uh, good luck. Enjoy tomorrow evening. Let's let's all take our blood pressure medication, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk on the other side. All right. Till next time, everybody. Seashells and balloons.